It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll introduce my guests shortly, and I promise we're going to have a lot of fun. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. One time I did a video about why people worry so much about what others think of them. There are several reasons, but let's talk about one of them really quick. People feel a need to be validated by others. They want to know that they're doing okay in comparison to others, or perhaps they just want to know that others value who they are. It's a perfectly natural thing. But here is what I know. If you are fully centered in who you are, then it should never matter what others think of you. Focus on who you are, the gifts you offer to the world, and what you can do to help others from a place of love and serving others. It's a mistake to compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. It never works out very well when you do that. I truly believe that everyone offers value to the world, so focus on that and the special gifts that you have, and I promise you will not care nearly as much about validation from others, and you will be so very glad you did. If you've not picked up my latest book, it's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned from Being an Entrepreneur, Volume 3. It's on Amazon. The Kindle version is 99 cents, and you can get the paperback version as well. Please get that. Leave a review. That would mean a lot to me. It's a compilation of some of the best lessons that I and some of my contributing authors have learned by running a business. And this is the third and final installment of that series. You can pick up volumes one, two, or three, or and three. Either way, uh, please go ahead and do that, and I would be honored if you would do that. So my very special guest this week is Kelly Thorne. Let me tell you about him. He's the co-founder and CEO of Tin Shanley, which is a Chicago-based self-funded men's grooming direct-to-consumer brand. He's a 20-plus year veteran in the consumer goods industry and has led T. Shanley to being an eight-figure company within two years of launching back in 2016. They have over 350,000 customers worldwide and have shipped well over 1 million boxes worldwide since its inception. He's focused on enriching the experience for all customers and guiding men to healthier lifestyle founded on self-confidence. So with that in mind, here's my very special guest, Kelly Thorne. Kelly, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Thanks, Brian. Good to see you. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. So the question that I normally like to begin with is, did you envision early on that you would be where you are right now? Yes and no. I envisioned early on that I would have a successful career. Um, I had no idea it would be at skincare at some point in my career. As recently as 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have guessed I would have been in skincare, but um, I was always very motivated to have um, a fulfilling career, and I think I've I think I've had that. Absolutely. So let me ask you what your path looked like. You didn't start in skincare. You started in a few other things first. So tell us a little bit about how that journey evolved, please. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, people out there that are listening to your show that are interested in entrepreneurship, I was very much um, interested in entrepreneurship. Even while I was in college, I was painting houses and had a small crew of guys that went with me. And I put flyers on cars of uh, in parking lots and try to get people to, um, you know, call me so they could paint their house. And 
I went in the corporate world. I remember first week of, um, of, of after I graduated from the University of Connecticut, uh, you know, going to uh, the office. And I remember very specifically saying to my father, who was at the same company, I think I want to own my own business. I don't think this corporate's my path. But I stayed with it for 19 years and I started my second business, which was a global design company. So I had that for almost 10 years. Um, I really think that was the minor leagues to, you know, to this, to where I'm at today in terms of owning a business and managing and, and, and being kind of an entrepreneur. I feel like I'm in um, the perfect point in my life to, to run a big company. Fantastic. So tell us about your rock bottom moment and how you got out of it. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, I think I will actually go all the way back. I mean, is it a business moment that you're looking for a personal moment? Either one. Yeah. You know, I, I tell you what is interesting is that I did, I did grow up in re- relatively healthy kind of family environment, but unfortunately my parents did go through a divorce. Um, my father moved from Maryland where I grew up um, and, and him, he's uh, five years deceased, but he, he moved uh, to uh, Pennsylvania and then eventually Connecticut. Um, and between my sophomore year and junior year, actually three weeks prior to my junior year of high school, um, I came to the realization that my path uh, in Maryland, living with my mother, um, my father being in Connecticut, I wasn't really heading into the direction that I wanted to go. I wanted to have a, you know, I wanted to be able to go to college. I wanted to earn a degree. I wanted to have um, kind of a better vision for where my path and what my life looked like. And I called my father and said, um, who had always said to me, if you ever wanted to come and live with me, doors always open. And I took him up on that offer just a few weeks before my junior year. Um, he came down that weekend, probably four days later, um, out from Connecticut in the station wagon, picked me up and all my belongings. I moved to Connecticut and finished my last two years of high school there. It was a hard adjustment for me. I was a popular kid. I played sports. And, um, you know, I told my mother that Thursday before she came up, I said, just want to let you know, dad's coming down this weekend um, and I've decided I'm going to go live with him. And she said to me, that is the worst decision you've ever made in your life, but I'm not going to stop you. So I think that was, you know, really a turning point in my life. I think that was a pretty significant moment um, in, in my overall growth. Yeah, for sure. So through all of this, what made you decide to become an entrepreneur? You said you started businesses when you were young. So obviously it's something that has captured your imagination. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I, I like the idea. Maybe it's a small part of entrepreneurs that have a bit of, um, you know, fear of, of being out of control or they want to have control over their destiny. Um, and I think they want to, you know, they're the type of people that, you know, want to eat what they kill. And um, I was always kind of that guy. I really was interested in doing things for, you know, my myself. I did get an enormous amount of um, uh, of learning and experience being in the corporate world for 19 years. So I think it's it's really interesting um, that it prepared me so well for being an entrepreneur. It's also, I think, things, Brian, that, you know, entrepreneurs are tend to be younger people because they have higher risk tolerance and get later in life you have less risk tolerance but there's a lot to be said for gaining a lot of experience before you really go crazy in your entrepreneur career yeah was your family supportive of that path yeah phenomenal question you know my wife was incredibly supportive and had she not been um 
and until this day, she, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. She, she really um, is, is really doesn't put a lot of pressure on me, especially when it comes to taking risk um, and what the what the outcome or, or the, the the downside risk of that could be potentially on my family. I think I've always found a way that, to to try to mitigate risk to the, the total family, and she's been unbelievably supportive and um, you know up until this day. So I think yeah. that's critical for me for, for for what I've been able to do. Absolutely. What are the best lessons that you learned early on that have served you now? Best lessons early on. <laughs> Be honest. Um, say what say what you you know do what you say say what you do. Um, Treat people kindly. Um, hire and fire the best talent. Hire hire the best talent and fire fast when you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those things, you know, that we've all heard before, they're they're um, incredibly true. You know, being very gritty is is a common, um, I think, a common attribute of an entrepreneur. So those are things, you know, learning to deal with um, stress, you know, stress and unknown and, and yeah. risk. I mean, those, you know, my risk tolerance is, is completely different from, you know, from the average person. Absolutely. So what was your biggest aha moment? I'm still waiting for that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think, uh, aha moment, um, you know, early on, like pr- pretty early on in, in my career, I really kind of realized that there is no true silver bullet. I mean, I think it all lies within the individual. I mean, there is no, there is no aha moment, you know, in the sense that, um, when, when this light goes on, everything's going to look differently. I think it's just, um, it truly lies in the individual on their own ability to, to navigate, make decisions, um, and, and, you know, persevere. Yeah. What is the highest value skill that you think anyone can learn? Cause I, I find the answer to this really fascinating when I ask different people. Wow. Um, <laughs> generally speaking, or based on kind of what's what I'm doing at T. Shanley. Uh, either way. You know, I'll give you a specific T. Shanley. Um, sure. I think you, you know today and what's going on, especially in digital marketing and um, you know today's environment. Being um, no matter what your position is, being connected to data and being able to, to at least analyze that, even if you're a crazy creative person. Um, and, and, a, and a full right brain thinker. I mean, really being able to connect to data is really important and try to understand the data and, and at least ask the right questions and help it help it define your, your thinking about what you're doing. Absolutely. Do you have coaches and mentors? Uh, yes. Absolutely. How many do you have? How has it served you? Um, I have I have kind of in the neighborhood of, you know, three, two to four that I speak to regularly. Um, very interesting question. I think in some areas um, they've been excellent and they've mm-hmm. they've helped me um, beyond beyond a doubt. Um, other areas actually they pulled me in the wrong direction from time mm-hmm. to time. Um, just be, be careful, right? Um, right. Be perspective of the type of information uh, you know that's given to you, the type of advice that's given to you. You know, and, and understand who it's coming from and why that's why they think it's important. Yeah, absolutely. We've got one minute to our break, and I'm just so excited to be talking to Kelly Thorne today. And here's something that I do also like to ask. What do you think is your big why? What is your big mission? What drives you? Um, 
You know, I think winning is a big thing. I think, you know, winning and being being successful, um, helping, you know, other people um, and having other people along for the ride is really important, right? It's, it's, it's about the journey and not necessarily about the finish line. For sure. All right, we are coming up against our very first break. My very special guest this week is Kelly Thornton. We're going to talk after the break about how he started Teach Hanley and how he scaled from zero to eight figures in less than two years and the things that went into that. We'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. is National Ice Cream Month, as if we needed a reason to celebrate ice cream. Would you believe the average American eats 45.8 pints of ice cream a year? Here's the scoop on some ice cream lingo. In Pennsylvania, the paper cone used to hold ice cream is called a toot. Sprinkles or jimmies on top of ice cream are called ants in California and outsiders and logs in Vermont. The world record for ice cream eating is 1.75 gallons in 8 minutes. Oh, I feel a brain freeze coming on. What's another word for brain freeze? Sphenopalatine ganglia neuralgia. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Kelly Thornton, and he is the founder and CEO of a skincare company called Teach Hanley. And we're going to talk about how we built and scaled that to an eight-figure business shortly. Uh, if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio, please do that. It's on iTunes, Apple Podcast. If you have Alexa, uh, any Google device or Siri, and you ask, please play Success Profiles Radio, you will hear the most recent episodes. So do that. You can get it anywhere, anytime. And you can also listen to it for free on Spotify. Believe it or not, I found my show on Spotify. I was very happy to find that. So go ahead and do that. Leave a review. That would mean a lot. So Kelly, here's a question that I love asking lately. What is the most expensive mistake you think you have ever made? It can be financial. It doesn't have to be. Or it can be something that you held on to for too long, or it could be something that you didn't do soon enough. But what is the most expensive mistake you think you have made? 
Um, I'm going to go back to the people, the people um, comment that I made earlier. I think, you know, hiring the wrong person and not coming to the understanding that um, uh, that they're not the right fit um, and then moving away from that relationship uh, quicker, I think has been, you know, the most expensive overall. You just lose months and months of, of time, um, six months to a year of time training somebody and then figuring out they're in the wrong position, especially if they're C-suite people and um, yeah. know, which typically come in with big salaries, big expectations. Um, that's been kind of the, the hardest, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, so I, w- I would say, you know, you really need to be very um, diligent about hiring people and when they don't work out, um, moving away from them quickly. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard that answer before and it's legitimate. If you hang on to someone too long because you just don't like change or because you feel some kind of obligation, you do not have an obligation to the person. I mean, yes, we all have families to support, but your business is a living, growing organism and you need to take care of that first before you worry about whether letting someone go is going to impact. I mean, yes, you want to be very aware of how that decision impacts someone else's life, but you you can't let that determine the direction of your business, right? Absolutely. Uh, if you want, I'll, I'll give you another one that's that's closer to the business. Um, sure. You know, I, I think like straying away from your absolute core um, of what your business is all about, even if you're straying away just maybe a lane or two to the right or left and you think you're still on the road. But, you know, um, I, I think that can have some very significant damage to, you know, to your business it Can be one of the worst businesses. I purchased a, um, we're, we primarily, um, Brian, our face care, skincare yeah. company, and we're primarily a systems company, but we make a lot of other men's grooming products. And um, I've, I've kind of veered a little off path and, and gone towards uh, a broad range of grooming products. And, you know, thinking that we would sell just as many as we do face care. And I got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of inventory of product that's not really core to our business. Um, fortunately, I'm kind of able to navigate it and have enough financial capital to support having all that inventory on my balance sheet. But I've heard from other companies that kind of did the same thing, and especially with the way things are right now, the kind of be, being a little bit down. Um, yeah. it, it's it's been you know detrimental to the point of having them to close their doors because they don't have any cash. Right. And when you find yourself in a position where you have a lot of inventory of something that's not selling, is it helpful? to tie that extra thing and add it as a free bonus. If you buy X number of dollars worth of product, you'll get this thing for free that you really, really want to get rid of anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way of taking care of it. And we do try to do those type of things. It's not that it's not great product or we're just, you know, having a hard time um, getting people really engaged in that part of our business. But using using it um, on promotion to try is something that's really a great idea. Mm-hmm. So how did you get interested in skincare? You know, I think we were talking about my wife earlier. I mean, she she certainly encouraged me to start taking care of myself more. Um, there was kind of sense this whole idea of self care um, back in kind of the mid two thousand range, mid excuse me, mid two thousand fifteen ish range, um, two thousand ten to twenty. And um, I was doing a lot of work in my second company, which was Purchase Point, where global retail design company and I was really getting um, a lot of our big customers, big CPG and big OTC pharma like Pfizer and Bayer, um, they were, you know, really talking about the self-care space 
Um, Unilever was really talking about men's um, in self-care, men's, men's grooming. And I really spent a lot of time understanding the global marketplace for men's grooming and realized that here in America, we're, we're not doing too well with this category. We could use a lot of help. And guys don't like to go into retail. I figured it's a great online play. And um, I really just saw it as a fantastic opportunity. Plus, I, you know, I could use some, um, and I'm getting older and wanted to look better and feel better about myself. So I could use some skincare. It was a perfect, it was kind of a perfect storm for me. Yeah. So what were the early days like in your company, T. Shanley? Um, bananas. I mean, um, and they still are to some degree, but they were, you know, very, 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 very gritty. Um, I was working full time at Purchase Point, uh, the agency that I just mentioned that I started in 2009. Um, I would come to, you know, a different space um, where I had the T. Shanley office. I would be um, packing boxes myself in the afternoon at night. I'd be managing customer service. My, my business partner would be managing the website. Um, I'd be running over to the post office, you know, before six o'clock. I'd, I'd literally bribing the U.S. Postal Service to take after hours, paying cash to them to open the door and, and take my um, boxes of product in. It was just crazy. I would be chasing FedEx trucks down for, you know, supplies that I needed for stuff to go out there on that day, mm-hmm. fighting with vendors over, you know, production of our of our product. It was just full on mayhem, um, working all nights, working weekends, having my family come in and pack boxes over the weekend, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. What what gaps were you looking to fill in the marketplace? Because anytime you start a company, you're coming from a place of solving a problem that you see usually. What was that for you? Yeah, I mean, what was I trying to solve in the, I want to understand your question, Brian, is it, what was I trying to solve in the marketplace or for, through my, through people I was hiring? Uh, oh, in, in the marketplace for your company. How, why, why did you start your company? What need were you filling? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think guys just aren't, you know, really good at taking care of themselves. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a, in my 50s, but and things have changed dramatically, but guys are really, we're really bad. I mean, we, we really stink at it. We don't like to go to the doctors. Um, we don't like to get the right amount of sleep. Sometimes we don't, you know, frequently we don't eat right. You know, we don't exercise enough. So these are all things, um, you know, that I was seeing that were impacting, negatively impacting my, you know, my life. And I saw, fortunately, I was, I live in downtown Chicago, so a very urban environment where people are really concerned about how they look and feel. And so I, I really felt that that I could help guys, you know, start a healthy journey. And skincare is just a small part of it. Yeah, for sure. Did you ever think that you would go from zero to eight figures in less than two years? No, that was unbelievable. I mean, we we were on fire and have been since the beginning. And we've had one kind of somewhat negative year, um, 2021. But I never realized we would grow so fast. Um, we, we had we were very very fortunate. A lot of things were very we were very fortunate about early on. Um, one of which was that we brought I brought on a partner, Aaron Marino, his YouTube channel called Alpha M, um, and uh, he's a couple times on Shark Tank, and and he's actually pretty pretty well known talent on TV. And uh, you know, and all of that has developed since I started my partnership with him in 2015. But you know, Aaron just really helped us propel our business and have a voice in the marketplace. And that was uh, really fortunate. Yeah. What were some of the things that you did to make that happen? We'll, we'll talk about, you know, using YouTube and working with influencers yeah. in just a short bit. Sure. But what, what were some of the things that you did to make some of that growth happen? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, well, just quickly about Aaron, I mean, it, it, you can't underestimate the the importance of actually just calling somebody. I mean, I just called Aaron on the phone and talked to him about it. Um, so, and I think that was the genesis for for how we kind of started. Um, I mean, I mean, the important things to do is, you know, treat customers right, understand your customers, understand the marketplace, um, making sure that you're really, you know, kind of engaging with with your customers and helping them not completely determine your path forward, but definitely judge, um, kind of help form judgment about what you should and shouldn't be doing. Yeah, for sure. So you use YouTube as a main platform to promote your brand, right? Yes. Fantastic. So how did you decide that YouTube was the brand? You, you mentioned meeting Aaron. Was that really the, the impetus for that? Yeah, I think we kind of fell into that prior to really, you know, this is again, 15 and, um, and, and Aaron had about just under 700,000 followers, which seemed like it seemed like an impossible number to me back then. But prior to that, I had only gone to YouTube to like fix things in the house, right? My wife says the dishwasher is not working, you know, or the laundry, you know, machine's not working, the washing machine's not working. And I had only gone to YouTube to like find out how to do something. So I wasn't really going. And I guess actually that's in hindsight, that was what, you know, what Aaron was all about is self-help for men. Um, so I, I wasn't really in tune with the power of YouTube at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, YouTube ended up being very important to us to answer your question because uh, Aaron just brought that whole ecosystem, not just him, but his knowledge. And he had an agency as well called Menfluential. And his his agency really helped us understand and navigate. That's nice. We've got two minutes to our break. How did you decide which influencers you wanted to work with and why did you start working with influencers? Um, anybody that was talking about like male uh, topics for men is really around grooming, um, you know, what to wear for an interview, a date, how to get the job, what to say and what not to say. Certainly dating advice. Um, all of that was really, you know, kind of core to the, the type of people on the Internet and on YouTube specifically that we were interested in working with. Yeah. So when you work with influencers, what do they usually want in exchange for promoting you? Well, we use a lot of long form content, um, so which is product integration into a topic that we think is relevant to, to our guys. Um, and typically we're doing, um, you know, we're paying somebody um, to be integrated into that, into that, um, uh, into that content form. Very similar format to podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Uh, less than a minute to our break. What do you think is the biggest lesson you've learned by working with influencers? They're very creative people and they have a mind of their own. And in order to be really successful with influencers, you, you, you can't hold the reins too tightly. You really need to allow them to have creative freedom um, to, to do what they do best, which is create awesome content. Fantastic. We're coming up against our next break. My very special guest this week is Kelly Thorne, and he is the CEO and founder of Teach Handling, a skincare uh, company geared toward men. And that company in less than two years went from zero to eight figures. It's an absolutely phenomenal story. And after the break, we're going to talk about how you define performance metrics that guide your growth. We'll talk about marketing some more. We'll talk about creating a great e-commerce experience, shopping experience for your customers. And we'll do that when we come back.
the mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. My very special guest this week is Kelly Thornton, and this is Success Profiles Radio. If you've not picked up uh, my latest book, it's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned from Being an Entrepreneur, Volume 3. You can also pick up Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 1 and 2, also available on Amazon. Those are compilations of some of the best interviews I've done on this very show, and I'm so excited about that. So before the break, we were talking about how Kelly has grown his business and working with influencers. So if you are having a lot of growth, you have to be able to track that somehow. So Kelly, this is my next question. How do you define the correct performance metrics to guide your growth? Um, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of metrics and you hear about them a lot in DTC. I mean, mm-hmm. what you want to understand first is um, what you think you could potentially earn based on a relationship with a customer. So we're, we're a subscription business, so it's really, you know, over some period of time, um, you know, what do we think? Will be the value of the of that relationship with that customer. So that's the first important thing. Um, we actually don't look at the entire life. So we wouldn't look at a five-year life or a three-year life. We would look at a very specific period of time, typically 12 months. Um, and we actually look into the future. We project what we think that uh, earnings going to be, and that's based on understanding past performance of our relationships with like. Um, like customers. And then and then it's pretty simple. From there, you, you try to understand um, using different channels that are in the uh, marketplace, a lot of social channels like YouTube, we just discussed, um, what it would cost to actually um, bring a new customer in and help someone convert somebody to become a customer. So it's just purely a uh, math formula between what you think uh, a formula, uh, what you think a customer's value would be over a specific life, and what you'd be willing to pay to bring that customer in. Absolutely. So that being said, you talked about math and formulas. What percentage of your revenue do you throw back into marketing to fuel your growth? Um, 
we we try to keep that number between 25 and 30 percent when it's above 30 percent starts to feel very uncomfortable even when it gets close to 30 percent it feels pretty uncomfortable but it's in that neighborhood it's in it's in the 25 to 30 percent range is what we target Fantastic. You talked about subscriptions very briefly a second ago. So let's dive into that a little bit. How did you decide to use this model of revenue for your business? Well, first off, I think subscriptions, modern subscriptions are are very like are becoming much more acceptable, even though there's been a lot of kind of backlash around the concept of, of, of a subscription. It's a very convenient thing for for a modern shopper, especially if you give them the tools to completely manage everything that um, they need to manage. They can stop and start and, and um, if they get something they don't want, when they don't want it, we make it right. So I think like, you know, being a subscription model really is very um, helpful to the customer. It really just makes things easy. They don't, they can set it and forget it. Um, and if you make it easy, like I just described for them to change things and to cancel and to start again, um, they'll be very happy. On the economic side, it's just a phenomenal, um, it's a phenomenal way to manage a business because it gives you this predictive kind of model that allows you to make decisions about how you're going to hire people yeah. and how much money you're going to spend and how you're going to pay for inventory. Yeah. I think the subscription revenue model has evolved a lot over the last maybe 40 or 50 years. I, I don't know if you probably remember Columbia House, where if you bought mm -hmm. an album for one cent, you had to buy eight more albums in the next three <laughs> years at their exorbitant prices. Uh, mm -hmm. And then a lot of people would cancel immediately afterwards, or they would pick their 15 albums first for one cent or one dollar, whatever it was. And, you know, after a while, you get tired of paying those big prices, but you don't make people buy a certain amount. You just you just put them on one plan. Now, there's probably more than one plan they can go on, right? Yeah, I mean, we we have like we start off. It, it, we have acne or regular skincare, and, and we start off with you know there's three different boxes. You either start in an essential box, or there's two anti-aging boxes. And um, you know the essential box is just four items: just wash your face in the morning, put a moisturizer on, wash your face at night, put a moisturizer on when you go to bed. Um, if you do just that, just like that simple routine, and by the way, we're talking about less than two minutes, brush your teeth, wash your face, put a yeah. moisturizer on, go to work. You know, you'll see massive changes in the appearance of your skin. That's fantastic. Was it challenging to get customers to embrace a monthly subscription model? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of subscription inversion out there, and rightfully so. I mean, there's still a lot of companies out there. Like I said, we call ourselves a modern-day subscription. It means basically... Um, we're a pain in the ass free company. Anybody doesn't like anything at all. Um, we don't argue with them. We just, you know, help them get it right. But there's still a lot of companies out there that are really make it hard. Um, and I, I don't want to name shame any of these companies, but, um, you know, the uh, journal Wall Street, something like this, um, mm -hmm. that business, for instance, makes it next to impossible or used to, to, to you know, to cancel, um, you know, companies like Adobe. Um, all subscription products. I used to get the disc too when I was, you know, younger. I mean, it's almost impossible. You have to almost call your credit card and fight with them to cancel. Yeah. So those are, you know, those are really negative customer experiences. We try to make it easy. Yeah, for sure. So your business is primarily re uh, online retail. I would imagine that it's a challenge to get people to go, men especially, to go into a retail location and do this. So it's easier for this to happen online, right? You know, I think right now I'm very happy with us keeping our business online. Um, yeah. A lot of these retailers are very interested in having men's products being sold at their 
Um, and I, I think they're still trying to figure out how, how to do that. How do you engage a male shopper who's coming into your store? So it is a challenge still. So online makes sense. For sure. So how do you create a great e-commerce shopping experience for customers? I know you have a number of different ways that you do this. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing as like, it, it, like what happens at retail, I think Brian is really relatable to, um, you know, to, to the online experience, right? So, you know, um, you know, cash registers and, and, and lighting and all this type of thing, those concepts kind of translate into the online experience. How, how easy is our website to use? Um, mm -hmm. What does the environment look like, right? So when you come into a store, you say, this is beautiful, the lights are on, everything looks great, you know, blah, blah, blah. Same thing, we want we want the environment, our, our mm -hmm. online store to look really nice. We wanna make it very intuitive, very easy. We want people to understand what's what they're doing when they come to shop. We wanna yeah. make it as unbelievably simple as we can to let them know they can th that they can buy on subscription or they can buy one time if they want. So all those things are really important to a customer experience. Absolutely. And when you're across a number of different platforms, brand consistency is critical, isn't it? Very, very important and very difficult. Yeah. What are the challenges in that? Um, I mean, keeping consistency across all we're we're creating a tremendous amount of content. So we're 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 publishing you know, three to 500 pieces of content a month. And um, it's very, very, very hard to manage all that amount, that that large volume of content and keep the look, tone, feel, messaging consistent. So, um, you know, we spend a lot of time on brand, making sure that that our channel leads are doing a really, really good time, really good job of, you know, staying consistent. It's just, it's very difficult, especially as I mentioned earlier, when creative people are very, you know, they want to do things their own way. Right. And you are also very active in soliciting feedback from your customers, right? Immensely. Yeah. What is the biggest change that you've made in your business because of customer feedback? Um, you know, probably on the product side, we hear a lot about um, people giving specific, very, very specific feedback on product. So we do both on our product development roadmap so things that we're going to be producing in the future and then how we're you know how much product is in is in a package how many uses they get out of it the consistency of it the smell of it you know what they like about it and what they don't like about it all that stuff we take very seriously um yeah. and matter of fact i i just on friday i sent a note to a customer i mean i do that randomly um there was a customer who had been with us for a while he noticed something he thought was not right, right in, in our face wash. And um, we, we have extensive um, product safety testing on everything. And I really wanted to assure him that what he was noticing wasn't, um, wasn't really a defect in the product. That's fantastic. So you have to also be mindful as you are that not all customers are the same. They all have different needs. And so how do you cater to a multitude of different customers at the same time? understand who your customer is. I mean, we, you know, I frequently, I'd say maybe not daily, but weekly tell our customer experience team that if, if somebody isn't um, our, our tribe, then we shouldn't, you know, we should tell them that we don't want to do business with them. And we do that frequently. Um, I mean, certainly weekly, if not, you know, a couple times to daily. I mean, there's certain people out there that, you know, are trying to take advantage of us, trying to, you know, get free product uh, from us. 
not being honest with us. Um, unfortunately, the, 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 what's going on with fraud these days are off the charts. A lot of people constantly complaining or saying they didn't like something or did, did like something. So those those guys that really we, we, we know are not being very honest, I, I think, you know, we, we tell them, we, we give them discount codes to our, our competitors and say, you know, you really just, you don't, you know, our product, we're not the right fit for you. So please right. go buy from this other company. And that's okay. You know, yeah. I think we're not, you know, we're not here for everybody. We're here from guys that, that like our products and can, can relate to us. Absolutely. And of course, always delivering value is absolutely important. And that value has to be important to the customer, not just important to you. I think sometimes when people throw in freebies or they try to create value, and I say that in air quotes, they're giving away that something that they think is valuable, but the customer may think, eh, maybe not. Yeah, yep, that's very true. I mean, the perception of value is, um, especially if you're not, if you don't, if you're not clear to anybody about what something costs, um, they just assume it's free, right? We see that all the time and everywhere we go. You go to Starbucks, and I was in a coffee shop this weekend with my with my wife, and there was, you know, place was packed, but almost, you know, everybody was sitting around doing work with like no no drink or food in front of them, and I was just. Mm -hmm. You know, the value of, of, of that $1, you know, a $4 cup of coffee, if, and, 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 and is, it, is that, if I pay four bucks, can I sit here for two hours and just take this spot and not have anybody else, you know, be able to, to enjoy their coffee there? I mean, it, the perception of it is free, right? If there's, no, if there's no dollar value on anything, people just say, well, it's free, it's not worth anything, throw in the trash, whatever. So it's important, you know, to really um, help people understand what it costs to do business. Absolutely. We've got a little over a minute to our final break. What do you think are some of the top mistakes men make with regard to their skincare? You know, consistency is is everything, right? That's what separates the best from the from from the second tier. I mean, having consistency in, in anything you do, developing healthy skincare routine um, is very easy. Developing a healthy routine in anything you do, I mean, I can't encourage that more. I mean, be consistent about working out be consistent about eating right you know try to be consistent about getting the right sleep yeah. make sure you go to the doctors at least every 12 18 months i mean so be you know, same thing skincare you really need to be consistent and um if you can be consistent with your skincare you see amazing results we hear it every day fantastic we're coming against our final break i can't believe how fast this is going we're having a lot of fun we're talking with kelly thornton and he is the ceo and founder of teach hanley which is a men's skincare company that he and his team have grown from zero to eight figures in less than two years. They're running a thriving business. They're based out of Chicago. And while I'm thinking about it real quick, if someone wants to look for information, where can they go real quick? Yeah, go to teej.com, T-I-E-G-E.com and um, check, check us out. We'd love for you to consider using our products. All right, we'll be back after the break. mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. 
With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. had my annual physical this week and I watched as the doctor scribbled down words on my chart that I would never get to read. I asked my husband who also is a doctor and he says patients might feel slightly insulted by what they read if only they knew what the words meant. For instance, if the doctor writes the word macrutus on your chart, it means you have great big ears and sciapodus means you have huge feet. If it's recorded that the patient has cragomuscalia, that means he or she needs to use some underarm deodorant. When our oldest son was in the third grade, his teacher called him on his bad handwriting, to which he replied, I can't help it. My dad is a doctor. What's the word for bad handwriting? Cacography. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Kelly Thornton. He is the CEO and founder of Tiege Hanley, a skincare company for men. So let's just talk just very briefly about some of the different product offerings that you have, because I know that at, toward the end of the show, you're going to give a coupon code if someone wants to order. But let's give people an idea of what exactly you are offering, because I got a box. You sent it to me and I'm so happy and grateful. Can't wait for you to share that. Yeah, look, whether it's Tiege Hanley or, or another brand, what I, I, su- I suggest, you know, all men out there listening, and, and certainly if um, you're the significant other of, of a man out there or a father, daughter, um, relative, you know, using a high quality uh, face wash is really important. Now, girls are probably laughing uh, at me saying this, but this is new things for guys. Um, so, you know, you start off with just using a high quality face wash. You don't use hand soap on your face. You don't use water. Um, you don't use bar soap. So, you know, we start everybody with with the high quality face wash. We, we use it twice a day in the morning and night, right after you brush your teeth. Um, and then you use a moisturizer. So our daytime moisturizer is just called AM. Um, again, making it as simple as possible for guys out there. Put it on before you go to work. It has SPF in it. So even if you're living in Minnesota or, or Chicago or Florida, you need to have, if you're going in and out of the office and, in, and just having a small amount of time in the sun or here, it's always it's always cloudy, but there's a high UVA, UVB, yeah. you, you need an SPF uh, moisturizer. So those so, are kind of the key things. So dumb man question here. You advocate yeah. washing face with water and then drying it off or or put the, the stuff on with a wet face? So I, I, I suggest that you um, use a little bit of water on your face and then you work the moisture or the face wash in the palm of your hand and then you apply it to your entire face. Um, I usually do it in the sink, but I also do it in the shower. So it depends 
if uh, you know if you're going to take a shower, you can just integrate it into your your shower routine. Or if you're at your sink, you're done you're done washing, you're brushing your teeth, um, you you use your face wash right there. Okay, fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of giving back because I know that's a huge part of your mission. Massive. Yeah. The, I think you know. Me personally, where I'm at in my career, I'd like to do the things that we're talking about, Brian. I want to thank you again for having me on your show. Anything I can do to give back and to help people, and if they could have one takeaway, I think that would be great. And in terms of the company, um, since day one, we've been aligned with Skin Cancer Foundation. Uh, I have a couple of business partners, Aaron's one I mentioned, Rob is another one. And Rob did lose his, family, his father early to melanoma when he was in his 50s. Um, and mm. was I was friends with Rob at the time. Um, and so we, had, we were in high school together in Connecticut. As I described earlier, I just moved to Connecticut. And um, so we really want guys to understand the importance of using something on their face, uh, their lips, their hands, their arms that has an SPF in it to help protect them against skin cancers. It's the number one cancer amongst men, right. very easily to prevent it. Even in, even something like SPF 20, um, if you're just going from, you know, office to office and not getting involved in, or, you know, out of your car into the gas station or grocery store, it's perfect. If, you know, if you're going to play golf, you need something a little heavier duty, but um, it's important. So we're trying to help men un understand the importance of taking care of their skin. We're also spending, giving back and contributing a lot to Skin Cancer Foundation. That's absolutely fantastic. How important is gratitude for you? I think it's, I think it's massively important. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, you know, everything that we have is, is, um, you know, has been provided to us and given to us by someone else, whether it's through our parents or our beliefs. And um, I think we should be incredibly uh, indebted for every single day that we are healthy and can get out there and work, work out, walk, mm -hmm. be a good husband, um, be a good father, be a good boss. Um, you know, I, I think we shouldn't take a second for granted. Absolutely. You're a really productive guy. So let me ask you, what are some of your favorite productivity tips? Um, you know, I, I've recently, in the last two years, that's recently, in the last two years, I almost um, always schedule important things and do important things around a meeting. So if anything is important, um, I actually set the meeting and, and, and manage my schedule around a, me around a meeting schedule. Um, so I know that sounds slightly different, but you don't write things down and then do them and then set a meeting. You set up meetings and then make make sure that you accomplish what you need to to be prepared for the meetings ahead of time. Um, a little change in the way you think about things, and I think it'd be very healthy. We have extremely productive meetings around here. We allow people to get up and walk out if they feel like they're not contributing to the meeting. Um, we have very tight meetings, only 30 minutes unless it's really um, you know an exceptional topic. So all those things help you be very productive. I fortunately have some people that help manage my schedule. Um, it allows me to get at least 30 30% more productivity during the day. So if you can have that luxury, um, that's something that really helps. Start early, start your day early, and you get more done. Um, those type of things. Work out early. Yeah, I I love all that. In fact, I saw a joke one time. If you want to shorten your meeting, make everyone in the room do a plank. That'll shorten your meeting a lot. <laughs> that, that's great. That's awesome. How do you identify a great opportunity? Jeez, test it. 
um, you know, just because we think something's really good, you know, we, we're, we have a real test and learn mentality. So anything you can do to limit, um, you know, limit downside risk and test something and do it quickly. So if you, if you really have a great opportunity, think you have a great opportunity, you know, try to do it tomorrow if possible with the ability to downside the risk as much as you can. The way you do that is, you know, not commit to a full thing, um, you know, crawl before you walk, those type of things. So um, don't don't try to, you know, accomplish, like just try to get a baseline for a minimally viable idea. Yeah, fantastic. How do you decide what to say yes and no to? Um, anything that I think is going to be would directly impact the business in a positive way, I would say yes to everything else is no. Perfect. How do you set your day up for success? Um, prioritize kind of my meetings, um, plan for the meetings, and do work at night and during the weekend. For sure. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Probably not what people want to hear, but that's the way it is. Absolutely. Why are people afraid to ask for what they want? They're 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 afraid of um, either negative feedback or failure. So I you know I I don't. It's it, it's very it's a very good question because it's so common. Um, it, you know, if you don't ask the question, you know, the answer is not what you want, right? So I mean, at least asking the question in a mindful way. Um, you know, we have um, we have a, 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 a core value here that's um, that's basically around um, you know debate but commit. Um, so if you have a, an opposing idea. You know, make sure that you voice that and you have a chance to, you know, express your opinion. Um, But if it doesn't turn out that we uh, that the team or or whoever your manager doesn't agree with you, um, just commit uh, to whatever the decision is. And so I think that's that creates a foster fosters an environment. People are willing to um, ask questions and, and say what they think is important. That's fantastic. What is the biggest risk you have ever taken and did it work out? Hmm. Probably not. I mean, the, the biggest risk I ever took was, um, you know, was starting businesses. Those those are the biggest risk. I mean, I think my second business purchase point was a huge risk. I put a lot of money into it. I left my job. Um, I had a very, very, very successful career. And I say that with humility. Um, I left my job for that business. And, um, you know, I don't I don't I wouldn't say it was really a, um, a, a success, but it led to this business. And so I think if you don't take, you know, don't take chances, then, um, you know, you'll be, you, you won't get anywhere. Absolutely. How important is it for you to have the right team around you? Number one. Um, and it's not just about team, but it's about culture. So, yes. and developing culture is a hard thing. It really comes from, certainly comes from the owners of the company and how they think and feel and what they say. But it's much more than that. As I, as I just mentioned, you know, we have very specific um, uh measures around culture and we talk about them every day they're in our language they're in our dna so um you know getting that getting that culture right is really important it comes through like constantly repeating what it what is culturally important to you yeah what do very few people know about you that might surprise us um i take a bath almost every day nice yeah so i call it the aqua office um, yeah. I, I really only have a few miles to get home, so I have a very short commute. I'm usually working during that time. Mm-hmm. If I'm fortunate, I have the time. I'm in the bath reading usually the journal or a book um, for a half hour thir- to, to 60 minutes prior to dinner. 
it's yeah. time for me to both learn and calm down and um, really try to get into the right family mindset. So if yeah. that's a luxury that I that I do, if I have the time. Absolutely. You mentioned reading. What is the most influential book you've ever read? I, you know, I, I'm i on a couple books past it, but I read The Culture Code um, last fall, and I really, really like that book. Um, it's very interesting, and it talks it goes, it goes about building culture. It goes from the Navy SEALs to um, you know, Houston Rockets to, um, you know, restaurants. And it's really an interesting book. I suggested the culture code. Fantastic. We've got less than two minutes to the end. Here's the question I ask everyone who inspires and motivates you, Kelly. Um, I'm motivated. I'm motivated by myself. I'm inspired by, you know, great business leaders. Um, I'm inspired by people around me. I'm inspired by my family, inspired by my wife, um, my children, everything that they've accomplished. Um, so a, a whole bunch of people inspire me. Fantastic. And where can we find you? Where can we order product? And you said you had an offer for us, right? Yeah, I've got a killer offer. It's teach, T-I-E-G-E dot com backslash success profiles radio show. That um, if you go there, teach dot com backslash success profiles radio show, um, that'll take you to a page you can get 30% off with a free item. It's an awesome deal to, if you wow. want to check out our product. So give us a shot. I really um, would appreciate your business and, and um, give us your feedback. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Kelly with an E-Y, K-E-L-L-E-Y, Thornton, T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N at LinkedIn.com. Anything I can do, just hope, hit me up on LinkedIn, especially if you, if you need have a question about business. I'd be more than happy to help you. Kelly, thank you for being here. It was awesome and amazing to have you here. This was a fun show. Thanks, Brian. And all best right. of luck to you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever and learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. And next week is episode number 500. I cannot wait for the big milestone. Please join us then. I cannot wait to have you here. And until next week, take care, everyone. Have a great week. Enjoy spring. Today is the first day of spring. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.